Welcome back to Fun Time Program. We are in part two of our kink episode. Um, if you were listening for our first episode, you know that we went a little longer than we expected. So we're breaking this up into three parts. And this is part two. Um, we hope you enjoy hearing more about all the fun, kinky, sexy things that we have to talk about. If you haven't already seen or listened to part one, we recommend you check that out first. You can find that on our website, funtimeprogram.com, as well as YouTube or any of your favorite podcast websites. Without further ado, here is part two. So, so what else have you come across in your experience in the kink community? Ah, uh, okay. So some of the more common kinks, um, choking. A lot of people like to be choked. I'm not one of those people. I actually really hate hands on my neck, even if, uh, there isn't any pressure applied, but that's one of my boundaries. I know for a fact, like you put your hands on my neck, I'm going to give you one morning. You do it again. We're done having sex here. Like it, it's just a super turn off for me. And I'm like, mm, stop, 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 stop. Right. Other people really like being choked and like really like having hands on their neck, really like the uh, pressure, like the uh, breath play and constriction that comes with choking. And of course, like other things like ropes that we just discussed, there is a right and wrong way to do this. And it requires a little bit of research on one's part to learn how to choke their partner the right way so that they are not potentially killing their partner. Mm. Cause you could maybe don't do that. <laughs> um, but if you look into it the right way and you make sure like, okay, so here's where I need to apply pressure, not over here. Okay, cool. You can actually, have a really great time controlling how much air your partner gets and heighten their orgasm because their blood is pumping, but not fully getting to their brain. But like, it's a whole bunch of things. Autoerotic asphyxiation is a common thing for people to engage in. It's also something you hear about people dying from, right? Yes. That's so, where people are essentially choking themselves. Right. And, and so, they do it in ways that they don't necessarily give themselves an out and then they pass out and they're right. And they just die. Yeah, right. Don't because do that. <laughs> you're kind of chasing that edge because there is a line where you can choke yourself to the point where you are on the verge of passing out. And that hairs thin line right when you get to that line, like right as you like run up to it, um, you can have a super intense orgasm. But if you don't stop applying pressure pretty fucking quickly, you run the risk of passing out. And if you're doing this by yourself, if you pass out, you have no safety mechanism. Right. So, you know, it's not safe to go alone. Always phone a friend. <laughs> wise advice all right so what, el what else do we have on the board here what are your, your other kink experiences ah, i mean i don't i would say this is pretty standard uh voyeurism and or exhibitionism what does that mean so voyeurism is people who like to watch other people being sexy or having sex and i feel like a lot of us are voyeurs because, hi, porn exists. Right. Right. <laughs> that is a form of voyeurism. Um, and whether or not it's like, obviously, there's uh, 
consensualness to porn. Like you obviously know that these people are consenting to having you watch them, but there is also something to be said about like some people enjoying watching other people have sex where they don't necessarily know that the other people are watching. I don't recommend that. (laughs) That's kind of creepy. Sounds like um, consent is kind of an important part. Consent is a really, 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 really important part. I cannot stress it enough. Right. Um, and the thing is, you can have a consensual situation where you're watching um, other people have sex and you might like kind of come over and be like, hey, do you mind if we watch you or do you mind if I watch you? And <laughs> that gives them the opportunity to be like, oh, yeah, cool. That's fine if you watch. But could you just stay a little further back? Oh, that's fine if you watch. But like, I'm really having don't trouble engage. imagining a situation where this unfolds like this. I've been in that yeah, situation right, and it was right. really hot. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed having people watch me because I'm an exhibitionist. But so. they were coming up to you and asking you. Yeah. So it was right before I started playing with someone. Because it just seems like if you're engaging in sexual activity in a place where people can see you, you're yeah. kind of consenting to them watching you. Yes and no. So like if you're in a situation like a sex party, for example, um, you are kind of an you're kind of on exhibition in that, like the likelihood is there is someone who is probably watching you. But this particular situation, they wanted to very intensely watch me. I see. So they like basically grabbed their tub of popcorn and like pulled up a chair (laughs) and they were like, yeah. So that would have been super fucking creepy if they hadn't asked me in advance, like, hey, do you mind? And it was a couple that came over and they were like, do you mind if we watch you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I feel like if you stumbled upon somebody having sex in a park, you probably shouldn't walk up to them and ask them if you can watch. You could just keep your distance. You know what I mean? Because if they're having sex in a park, they kind of have to expect that somebody's going to notice. Sure. Yeah, that's accurate. All right. Actually, it's really funny. Um, Apparently, my best friend um, was hanging out in... Uh, the park near us the other day and there was a couple like maybe 12 to 15 feet away from her and at first they were like making out and then they were making out real heavy and then they actually just started having sex on the blanket right in the middle of the park is this McCarran? it was wow that's amazing gotta love brooklyn it was really funny. And like it was at night, but like it it was still not subtle. So that's exhibitionism then. So we have yeah, voyeurism. That's we have absolutely exhibitionism. exhibitionism. Um, what else do we have? So, uh, I mean, kind of in the same vein, you have group sex. So group sex can be anything of three or more people involved in one sexual scene. Um, and so it's like two guys, one girl, two girls, one guy, uh, three guys, two girls, uh, three girls, five guys. Like there's, I mean, there's, it's numbers and you can play around with them. However you feel comfortable. Um, and as long as everyone involved is consenting and states their, uh, boundaries ahead of time, it can be really fun. Um, Especially if you're playing in a situation where it is, again, stated up front that condoms are being used in every capacity. Like you're obviously mm-hmm. like engaging in safer sex practices. Um, these are all people who are getting tested on a regular basis. So it's not just like, well, I might be fine. I, I don't know. I haven't been. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You haven't been tested in the last like three, four months. Mm, no, mm. no. Uh, no play for you. 
Hmm. Um, so this obviously comes back to being safe. So um, safer sex practices, if everyone's using condoms or has negotiated the scene in a way where they feel comfortable and they feel safe, go for it. Like, it's fun. And that's where education is important, mm -hmm. you know, to, to make sure that you are spending at least some amount of time understanding what the risks are and, and what the, the safe ways are to engage in these things. And that way you can make sure that you're protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Another pretty common one is fisting. Fisting. Which, yeah. That's a real thing. It's absolutely a it's real not thing. It's just something you hear about on the internet. It's not. You can absolutely get an entire fist into orifices of the human body. <laughs> I'll take your word for that one. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that I am super into. But you've witnessed it. Yeah. Wow. A couple of my ex-girlfriends were really into being fisted. And well, you've taken part. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. I mean. What was that like for you? Was that was that a surprise for you? Or was this something you kind of already knew about? Like, how, how does that even how does that go down in a sexual encounter? You're hooking up with some new person and they're like, by the way, can you stick your fist inside of me? Like, how, how does that go down? Well, I mean, so it it's never just a, like we're making out and then 30 seconds later I'm fisting you. That's like <laughs> that's a big jump. I mean, some people might be into that, but they're uh a minority of the minority. So it's about a progression and a pushing of yeah, the limits. Yeah, it's definitely about a progression. So like if you're starting off with like one or two fingers and they're like, okay, more. Mm. Okay, so then you add another finger. Okay, more. Okay, so you add a fourth finger. Okay, more. All right, well, I've only got five fingers here. <laughs> so now I'm adding a fifth finger. And if they want more from that, okay, well, then I know that you're basically asking me to fist you because... Wow. How many more fingers am I going to acquire on one hand? Um, and like two hands gets kind of hard to navigate. So like, obviously, again, it becomes a discussion with someone like I have right. like smaller hands. So getting fisted by me is not going to be nearly as uh, crazy Intense. as getting fisted by a dude who has hands almost twice the size of me. Right. Um, so, so those massive dildos you see in sex shops aren't just like a visual thing. People are actually using them. No, people actually use them. Wow. Ironically, it's usually gay men. Interesting. Yeah. They're from every sex toy shop uh, purveyor that I've ever talked to. They say that the people who buy those toys the most are usually gay men. Interesting. Wow. Mm -hmm. Huh. What a world. All right. So we talked about some of the more common kinks. Mm -hmm. What are what are some less common kinks? What what are some less common <laughs> kinks that you've come across? Well, okay, so uh, some of the less common things, um, some of the less common things that people have heard of, um, but are probably less likely to engage with. So things like water sports. Um, water sports would be peeing that like? on like other people, jet skiing and <laughs> swimming. <laughs> Uh, usually, wait, so this is this is so. Wait a second. This is what the rumor has been going around that Donald Trump got peed on in a hotel room in Moscow by a bunch of hookers, and that that's the secret dirt that the Russians have on him. Sex is, workers, and yes, is did I use the wrong word? Mm -hmm. What word did I use? You said hookers. Is that a bad word? It's derogatory towards sex workers. Fair enough. Sex workers. My apologies. Um, 
what was I going to ask? Uh, Donald Trump. So, so is, is this a scenario that you find plausible? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. That's so interesting. Cause, cause especially since quote unquote normal people hear about this, you're like, get the fuck out of here. Donald Trump's not getting peed on by sex workers. He totally was. <laughs> and also, um, Michael Cohen just confirmed it in his book. Well, I know. I, we, we keep getting so. confirmations of it, but, but we haven't seen the tape yet. And I kind of want to see. Yeah, we also do I, do I want to see that tape? We also haven't seen his tax returns, but we know that yeah, they're fucked up. Fair so enough. Fair enough. A topic for another day. Water sports. So getting peed on. Yes. And then people are aroused by this. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, I have witnessed other people doing this. I have not been involved. I personally am not into it. Um, but what is it like to witness as someone who's not aroused by it? Well, it was just fascinating because I guess like this is just the hedonist in me where I really enjoy other people enjoying themselves. And nice. I really enjoy watching other people like be their true selves and enjoy themselves fully. So watching them like both people who were involved were completely enjoying what they were doing. They were mm. doing it in like a claw footed bathtub. Okay. And like, there was like beautiful lighting and, um, there was actually a photographer involved. So it was like this whole setup, but it was also just really like everyone involved was enjoying everything that they were doing. That's so awesome. it, even though again, it, it's not something I'm personally into, um, it was really interesting and fascinating and not necessarily arousing, but hot in a way that like, I appreciated how much they were enjoying themselves. That's awesome. Are there any kinks that you've come across that you have, you've found repugnant that have given you a negative reaction to them? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I personally can't do blood play. Um, what is that? Oh, uh, so it's where you like cut each other or, uh, it sounds dangerous. I mean, it depends. Like, like there's a safe way to do everything. Right. But I mean, we, one common way that people cut themselves is as often as teenagers when they're experiencing some kind of, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, they're dealing with trauma trauma and and they start inflicting pain on themselves and that's usually viewed as kind of an unhealthy activity mm -hmm. what makes engaging in that in uh, a sexual activity uh, how does it become something that isn't unhealthy because it sounds on the surface to be something that's unhealthy right well a lot of times it's a reclamation of a formerly unhealthy behavior that you are doing in a much more mindful uh way hmm. and you're also doing it in a way where you it's not a reaction to something unhealthy. It's more of a reaction to something healthy and it becomes more pleasurable versus, um, just trying to find a way to deal with something that you don't necessarily want to deal with, um, emotionally. So it, and that's kind of an across the board thing with, uh, BDSM and kink in general. It's a really great way to deal with former like past traumas or past unhealthy situations or past, uh, things that you have had like repression from. Like, Do you think that's common in the kink community that people who are exploring kinks, um, are often exploring them from a perspective of reclaiming trauma surrounding that specific kink? Yes. But I don't know that every person that's doing it necessarily realizes that that's where that comes from. But it's often 
a lot of times a contributing so, factor, right? It's a lot of times a contributing factor, and I'm not saying that like every single person that is into kink is had some sort of trauma in their right, childhood. Of like, of course, no, of course. because I mean, just talking about the kinks that we're talking about, we, kink can be as simple as as domination and submission in a yeah. relationship, which I think happens in almost any sexual encounter right. to some degree. So it's really just about uh, reclaiming your power in a situation where you have previously felt powerless. Mm. Um, so if you were cutting yourself as a kid because you felt powerless and it was your way of trying to like feel more power, um, doing it as an adult in a sexual situation, you have full control over that situation. You have full control over the outside right. uh scenario around that so it makes you feel more in control and it makes you feel more powerful which helps you heal from that past trauma like obviously still go to fucking therapy right <laughs> don't use kink and bdsm as your only outlet for dealing with your trauma okay yeah interesting but so, like it helps so when done the right way so in terms of you know being I, I guess you would say turned off by witnessing someone else's kink um you said, okay, so, so blood play. So blood play is one of those things. Can you and give me an example of that? Like what, what, give me an example of an experience that you had that kind of made you not feel good about it. Well, so I just personally don't really like seeing blood in general. Mm -hmm. So, um, seeing blood introduced to a situation kind of weirds me out with the exception of period sex, period sex doesn't mm. weird me out in any capacity. And I'm perfectly into period sex and don't give a shit about it. Um, but like blood play outside of period sex, uh, just, it, it just kind of, I can't quite get into it. Like I, again, I understand like they're enjoying themselves. They're having a great time and like, great for them. I'm not going to yuck their yum in any right. capacity. But right. like for me, I'm just like, ah, yeah, no, uh, I'm just going to go get a drink. Over right. And that's okay though. It, it's okay to, to, to be turned off by somebody else's kink and you don't have to like everything. And as long as you recognize that they're engaging it in a healthy and consensual way, then Absolutely. you can just kind of walk away from it and avoid it. And you don't have to, um, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be a problem for those people either that you're turned off by it. Like right. if you find Absolutely. out that somebody's not, not into your kink, you know, it's like, okay, fine. You explore other cool. things if you're engaging in an encounter together. Yeah. I had an interesting experience talking to your friend Dean in the lead up to this episode. Dean yeah. is very interested in, in needle play. And, and needle play is actually one of the weird exceptions to the blood play situation. So I personally am not going to engage in needle play, but I actually am fascinated watching it. Yeah. Um, because when done a certain way, it's really artistic and can be really beautiful. And so it's almost like this uh, gory art that is unfolding, but it's also, wow. you're not dealing with as much blood as other types of blood yeah, play. I didn't, Dean was showing me pictures that I didn't notice any, any blood specifically. I haven't witnessed it actually occurring um, in mm -hmm. person. Um, but what was interesting for me was to recognize that in listening to Dean's description of what was happening, as well as the way that the route that they were experiencing the arousal, it wasn't just a matter of like doing it and avoiding the pain. It was actually embracing the pain and finding people who can inflict the pain in a way that kind of pushed their boundaries. Mm -hmm. And everything about the conversation was kind of making me like feel like nails on the chalkboard. This is making me really <laughs> uncomfortable. I can't imagine somebody engaging this in a positive way. And you almost even start to go into like questioning like, 
is this actually a healthy thing? Are they actually okay? And, and obviously <laughs> that's, that's totally, you know, you have to recognize you don't have the position to be able to, to analyze that. And you have mm -hmm. to trust somebody when they're exposing something like that to you, where they're doing it in a conscious and, and mindful way mm -hmm. that they actually aren't exploring it in a conscious and mindful way mm -hmm. and to be respectful of that. But it's okay. What I recognized in that conversation, and Dean was really helpful with this. When I shared with Dean what I was experiencing, they actually had a really great reaction and kind of, it almost was like they were taking a little bit of pleasure out of my discomfort. <laughs> and that was a part of the kink, but they Love were that. also very supportive of me not being into it. Yeah. Into it. And, and, you know, obviously I was respectful. Mm -hmm. But but it, it was really interesting to have that back and forth because I haven't really come across uh, kinks that are further along in the spectrum like that mm -hmm. um, before. And it was interesting to see how, how you can have this really visceral reaction to something and like, you know, just looking at the needles in somebody's skin and 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 you almost experience the pain yourself somehow mm -hmm. and you're feeling it in your bones. And it's like if it's not a sexual arousal for you, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very discomforting it's jarring yeah which is fascinating so anyway we were we were continuing through some of these less common kinks we've talked about needle play we've talked about water sports what else do we have on here breath play obviously which is um uh combined with choking can mm -hmm. can that be because you have choking here under more common kinks but then breath play is a less common kink what do you mean by that yeah so breath play is uh when you're dealing with breath play it doesn't necessarily always mean choking it could actually mean covering your face in a way where it's restricting your breathing. Mm. So you're wearing a mask or you mm. have some sort of uh, thing over your mouth and nose. Like a ball so, gag or something like that. Mm -hmm. Hey, I know um, what that is. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Baby's first toy. No, never, never played <laughs> with one, but I've seen one. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's more about constricting the breath and being very conscious and mindful about when you're allowing your partner to breathe and not breathe, mm -hmm. um, which is similar to choking. Um, but choking is more, um, I'm putting my hands around your neck right. versus I'm using other things to stop your ability to breathe or limiting the amount of breaths you can take or limiting how deep of a breath you can take. Mm. So those are all under breath play. Um, then we have a couple of other, Things like uh, what's known as CBT, otherwise uh, known as cock and ball torture. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's another one of those ones where I, I just, you know, you ex I, I've seen pictures of it and, and you just experience it so viscerally. <laughs> where you just it. No, no, thanks. No fucking thanks. I'm happy that people are, are you know, to each their own. But yes, that, that is a very strong visceral reaction right there. <laughs> I'm glad you wrote CBT on the board because I didn't even recognize. <laughs> I didn't even recognize what that was until this point. Uh, maybe we'll just skip that one. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lord Almighty, yes. the human um, the human mind is a fascinating place. So, in the same vein as cock and ball torture, um, we were discussing sounding earlier, right? And so, actually, we're gonna we're gonna go to this map in just a little bit. We looked up a map of what the top really great map search terms were for various kinks in each of the different states in the United States. And one of them, I think it was Montana. It was sounding, which I've never heard of. So why don't you explain what sounding is? Oh my God. I'm so excited to do this, especially since you literally up until this moment have no idea what it actually is. Never this heard is going to be so much fun. So 
sanding is when you take a usually like thin metal rod and stick it in the urethra of a penis. Oh, Lord. (laughs) And and okay, so I'm curious about something like this. Is the actual physical experience of it pleasurable or is it more like the domination, the deviance of it that somebody is getting aroused by? You are asking someone who doesn't have a penis, so I okay. Well, am maybe not sure maybe that through I can... your vast experience in the kink community, you happen to know why people are aroused. By I, this. I don't know. Like I personally, you're supposed to be the expert here. I'm sorry. I can be an I can be an expert on a lot of things, but like just, wait, my anatomy has limited me in certain capacities. I love though that this was the top kink search term I, I, I may be getting the state wrong but i think it was montana oh we'll definitely check i'm so excited to check um, because it seems so obscure like of all the things you? that people in that state could be searching for why would sounding be the number one mm, i mean like once you find out that you're into it you find out you're really into it but is it the kind of thing that spreads within a local community such that like people in one area tip end up having a kink for that well i mean if you think about it like okay so the same way that you and i are friends and we're talking about uh different types of kinks right um there's I just i can't imagine the people in montana are ha- hanging out talking about sounding well i mean like it first starts with like talking to your best friend like oh my god so this so girl, out on the range yeah so a bunch this, of cowboys this girl came <laughs> over last night and she did the most unusual thing and you know what honestly i'm kind of into it and i wow. didn't think i'd be into it and then the curiosity is peaked right uh porn hub is turned to right. and uh then google actually in this case i think these were all google search look terms. googles oh i love it <laughs> well especially because like if you're gonna google sounding like you might have seen sounding like come up in like when you're looking through porn um you might have seen sounding come up as uh, a search term or as like a term like in a porn and you're like, what the fuck is that? And instead of watching the porn and potentially being exposed to something where you're just like, oh, hell no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you decide to search it first and be like, oh, well, maybe or good God, no. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Again, the human mind <laughs> moving, moving on. What else do we have on this list of some less common kinks? Yeah. So some of the, to me, more common, but still less common in the sense of like the vanilla world is less likely to have encountered it. You have things like nipple clamps and butt plugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally have enjoyed both, uh, both on myself and with other partners. And they're really fun. Um, but it also depends on your, uh, anatomy and your like fucking body. So like, I really like nipple clamps because like this might be a little bit too, uh, too much information, but here we go. This Um, is the kink episode. And it's the kink episode. Deal with it. Um, (laughs) so I personally have, uh, my nipples aren't like super sensitive. Um, so I really like nipple clamps because I can, get that pinch without it hurting too much. Like it hurts a little bit, but it hurts as much as like someone like pinching an inch of your skin where it's just like, Oh, I'm just like pinching an inch of fat. It doesn't really hurt. I'm not like applying like a sharp pressure. Are you, are you looking for fat on my leg? 
I mean, there is an none. Inch, an inch of fat? It doesn't exist <laughs> on your leg. You have the most trim fucking legs. Your body fat is Yay like... Yay for rollerblades in a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, you have like, what, like less than, like what, 4% body fat? Get the fuck out I of here. I actually wonder. It's kind of scary right now. You're... So nipple clamps. Anyways. So nipple clamps. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy them because um, it also constricts the amount of blood flow that is getting to uh, the tip of my nipple. So when is that I, dangerous? Like if you leave them on for too long, can your nipple like fall off? I mean, if you do anything for too long, it can be dangerous. Yeah, fair enough. So not in your experience, I take it. Yeah, I mean, I I thrive on doing everything as safely as possible. So like. I stay within my thresholds. Mm-hmm. I know my limits. Do your nipples actually go numb though? No, uh, I don't leave them on long enough for my nipples to go numb. Okay. So you're maintaining sensation. Yeah. So I'm maintaining sensation the entire time. And it's kind of similar to um, a cock ring in the sense that like with a cock ring, um, it limits the amount of blood flow, but it doesn't limit the sensation that's happening. Right. Because I think the point of a cock ring is to limit the blood flow actually leaving the penis, right. which forces it to pull up in the penis, which forces it to maintain erection. Right. Welcome to nipple clamps. Gotcha. So very similar situation, except Mm. in your nipples, not your penis. Mm. Um, And so when I take the nipple clamps off, all of that blood just rushes back in. So it's even more of a heightened sensation. And so my nipples are even more sensitive after that. So Mm. like any like gentle nipple play becomes even more heightened, becomes even more arousing. And it becomes this extra orgasmic feeling where it's just like, Oh my fucking God, I love the way this feels. It's a rush. Oh, it's such a rush, but it's a safe rush and I don't have to worry about it. Um, butt plugs kind of go into the whole like anal play in general. Um, so like, obviously there are varying sizes of butt plugs. You can start like, you can actually get like butt plug kits where you have like the beginners and then like the the like, training butt plugs. You know, like trainer butt plugs yeah wow. there's totally trainer butt plugs and they're That's really adorable. cute and they're really fun um so that like if you're worried about the discomfort of uh anal play you have the ability to uh start literally very small and work your way up to a point where you actually feel comfortable and like you can figure out like where your comfort is and like get yourself more relaxed as things happen. Um, and you know, that's pretty fun. And some butt plugs have tails that you can attach to them. And Mm. I really like butt plugs with tails. Those are really fun. That is a whole new aspect of kink when it comes to dressing up and role play and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and role play can be as basic as just like putting on like a little nurse's costume, um, or a latex dress. Does that count as role play? Or is no. that just, no. <laughs> Latex is its own thing. Is that part of the kink world though? I mean, it's, not, oh, it's definitely God, not part of, of the vanilla. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Latex is part of the kink world. I mean, and we can't get through this episode without talking about your outfit. What's what's going on over here? You're, <laughs> you're rubbing lotion on yourself at the moment. It's not lotion. It is actually Excuse latex lube. Me. It is the pure cult. And that's spelled P-J-U-R. I like to call it Pajur. Pajur. But it's supposed to be pronounced So why, why are you rubbing lube on yourself right um, now? So this is actually latex lube and conditioner. So what it does is it protects and maintains the latex. It also shines it up. Do you want to feel it? Okay. So just like take a little bit and rub it anywhere on my dress. It feels like lube. 
I mean, yeah. Oh, and it makes it really shiny. It okay. makes it really so shiny. It's, it's good for visuals, but and it's also good for keeping it safe or, yeah. or healthy or conditioned. conditioned. And it also makes it um, softer. So it feels silkier on like the lube, like the latex itself feels silkier and uh, slicker. Um, without it, it can have more of that like uh, balloon rubber feeling where it feels um, sticky. Yeah, dry. kind of sticky. Yeah. But with the latex lube, it allows it to feel silky, smooth and have very little friction. Speaking of balloons. Oh, yeah. Balloons what, are totally a fetish. Why are there balloons and on our kink. keyboard? Yeah. Is, so, this, is this just like regular balloons or does this mean something different? It No, it means regular balloons. Oh, Lord. Um, some people really enjoy having the feeling of balloons, like normal party balloons rubbed against their body. Hmm. Um, and I mean, it kind of falls into the latex fetish in general because that's, obviously. That's kind of cute. That's like. Compared to some of the things we've been talking about, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could almost imagine w ways that balloons could get uh, in the more extreme category, but I guess that's not what you were talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no. Every category has its extremes, so I'm not going to. Right. I'm not going to say that it doesn't. Um, As they say, if you can imagine it, it exists. It exists. Yeah. Um, but that's actually just kind of the fun part is that like there are so many different ways to engage in every single type of kink that like you don't have to follow any one particular thing. So perfect example is, in fact, this dress. So um, this dress was made by the Baroness. Um, here in the East Village in New York. She's had a shop for over 20 years now. And she does custom latex pieces. And this was actually a custom latex piece um, bought and made specifically for me. Um, and she even said this is the first time she's done this particular color combo. Because most commonly when people come in, Oh, that feels so good. Most sorry. I'm still <laughs> lubing my latex up and I'm fully obsessed with how it feels. And I have uh, no regrets. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. 2020. <laughs> um, so she has been doing this for years. And um, most frequently when people come in to buy latex, they're buying red latex or buying black latex. Um, occasionally they're buying purple latex. Would you Those call them vanilla latex colors? They're the most vanilla latex <laughs> colors. For whatever reason, most people associate kink with black and like BDSM with black. And yeah. that drives me nuts because I am I'm basically like the rainbow bright of the kink world um, because I actually really hate wearing all black. And the fact that like most kink attire is only in black or only in red or occasionally in purple. I'm like, okay, cool. So, but like, does it come in bright orange though? Can I get it in bright orange? How do I get whatever this is in bright orange? So I had her uh, custom make me this dress because it was one of the styles that she already had um, listed, but I was like, yeah, so I'm going to need it in orange with white trim. And she was like, no one has ever asked me for that before and I was like cool I'm glad I can be the first <laughs> because orange is my favorite color as I'm sure you may have caught on 
by any number of the things in this video and or previous videos. Um, and uh, I am very happy to have a latex piece that is so far outside of the standard colors. Um, and it just, I really love my orange latex and it feels so good. And also, uh, while we're talking about latex, that actually leads into one of, uh, the next kinks that I wanted to talk about, which is constriction. So, oh, so not just like choking, not just like being tied up, but constriction when it comes to latex. Constriction is a game all on its own. So it can be used in uh, rope play when being tied up. Um, it can like latex can come into it. So constriction also uh, involves corsets. Uh, it also involves um, a vac bed. Um, if you oh, have access wow. to it, I've seen those. Oh my God. You're basically, you put into like a plastic you're, bag and they suck the air out of it. Uh huh. Wow. It's usually a latex bag, but okay. yes. <laughs> Fascinating. I wonder what that feels like. It's gotta be kind of terrifying. Like you can't be claustrophobic. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on, uh, the back bag it, or the, uh, like latex bag. Right. So, um, the back bed, if you have your head out, like there's some. What do you where, mean if you have your head out? Well, there are two different types. There's uh, one type where there's a hole just for your head to pop out. And so it like makes a seal around your neck. Um, and then there's another type where you only have a hole big enough for a straw so that oh, you breathe Lord. through a straw. And Ooh, uh, that gives me nightmares just thinking about. Yeah. So I personally am not really into the straw version of it, but that also comes back to breath play. Um, this is actually really interesting. Several of these different kinks that we've talked about aren't necessarily sexually engaging. In other words, mm -hmm. like is somebody who's getting wrapped up in a vac bag with just a straw to breathe out of, are they engaging in sexual activity as well? Absolutely can be. Yeah. So like they might be getting fucked on. They might be getting what? Rubbed, rubbed on. on. Okay. Yeah. Because, okay. So you obviously felt what it feels like to rub the latex with the lube, right? Right. So imagine if you are the person in this latex vac bed and someone is taking lube and rubbing all over your body and there's wow. nothing okay. that you can do about it because you are immobilized completely, which you have consented to do this. This is like a thing that you are into, but like they're rubbing literally anywhere they want to touch you. And if they happen to be rubbing parts of you that turn you on, you get to be turned on without being able to do anything about it right. other than just sit back and enjoy that feeling. I don't know why that's just so terrifying to me to, to think about, because if you just have a straw, like who's checking on you to make sure that you're still breathing? Yeah. The that's person dangerous. playing with you. I think, I think I'm going to skip that one. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's why I said I prefer the one where your head pops out. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I that, don't have to like worry about yeah, your breathing. You can right. breathe just fine. It seems like an extreme form of breath play. Yes. Yeah. It where it's like you're right on the edge of what's safe. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I guess that's what makes it arousing for people. Who right. Are but a, yeah. you're not going to start at that point. Like if you are getting to the point where you're in a back bed where um, you are only breathing through a straw, you have done other types of constriction and breath right. play up okay. to that point. Okay. So, you know, your limits, you also know like how long you can be in there, you know, like what you need to like 
what sounds you need to make to make it clear to the person paying right. attention to you that like you need to come out kind of a thing. Wow. So, I mean, I guess it's like the butt plug kit. You gotta, you gotta work your way up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta start small. Everyone starts small. Get oh somewhere. my goodness. This is what a world, what a world. <laughs> what, what have we missed? What, what else do we have on here? Oh, I th- I think well, I mean, we have like, uh, things like fuck machines. Oh my God. Okay. Fuck machines. <laughs> but, but I was just going to say, we can't, we can't miss the most important one. I love how, oh, well, no, technically you might consider this the most important well, one. The knowing most, you, you're known as the goddess of electricity for yeah, a reason. Yeah, we haven't started talking about electricity yet. No, so that, I was saving that one for last because yes, I really indeed. like talking about Before that Before we get one. to that, what the fuck is a fuck machine? Okay, so there's a couple different types of fuck machines. And um, there is the kind of fuck machine where it basically looks like a dildo that is like on a jackhammer. And it just like <laughs> kind of like does this motion at you. And it's like, oh, cool, that's fun. Uh, and it like has different speeds and can go like as fast or as slow um, as you want it to go. But like, I find those to be kind of boring because it's like only being able to be in doggy style. And it's like, ah, okay, cool. So you get one position. And also, if you're not particularly into that position before, then whatever. So it's like, ah, all right. Um, I, I feel like it's more, um, interesting in the novelty of like seeing the machine and like having a situation where you're being turned on by not a person. Hmm. Um, but then there's something like a Sibian. So, um, a Sibian is more like, uh, saddle that has a dildo coming out of it. And like, there's different types of dildos. So you can like exchange the different types of dildos. Um, and you can not only control, um, how fast it goes, but like kind of what direction. So does it go like just up and down or does it kind of do like a roundabout motion? Um, does it like do a little swirly swirl? Um, or like you can also control the vibration. You could probably design your own, your own like orchestra piece where it like yeah. does all kinds of different stuff at different times. Yeah. And so it's really interesting <laughs> because like if you're playing with a partner, so your partner can be in control of the like controls of the Sibian. Wow. So technically they are fucking you even though they are not touching you. Wow. So it's really interesting because like you can say like, Oh, I, I want harder and they can go faster or harder for you or like, Oh, I want more vibration or, Oh, I want more like, clit stimulation and less uh, vibration internally. And those are all things that you can control on the Sibian. Whereas you can't really control those on like the, like jackhammer machines. Those are just like <laughs> in and out deal with it. Um, so Sibians are really that would be like the first prototype in the Sibian maybe is the, uh, the upgrade. Yeah. The Sibian is like the Bentley of fuck machines. Got it. What do yeah. those cost? What do you, what do you think? Uh, I believe uh, and like we can check this and like put it in the um, description after we look into it. But I'm pretty sure they're around fifteen hundred dollars right. or more. All right, all right. Um, and that was like last time I checked, but that was like a few years ago. So I don't be know. I bet they're uh, in popular demand during the pandemic. <laughs> you can't say that to me while I'm taking a drink, sir. That is just mean. I'm surprised that wasn't in the New York Times article that was talking about how to have safe sex during I mean, the pandemic. That would be, okay, well, that's because, like, it would be really classist to say that because, Fair like, enough. not everyone can afford to do that. And not but, everybody like, can find a, a glory hole, which is what they actually ended up recommending. So, uh, you know, anyway. Glory holes are much cheaper to construct. 
And with that, we are going to wrap part two of this episode on kink. We will uh, be coming back with part three very shortly. You can find it on our website, funtimeprogram.com, as well as YouTube and any of your favorite podcast websites. We'll see you in part three.